Good morning. The scripture reading is from Acts chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Tyatara named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of the Lord. morning. When I was in college, I heard a Christian speaker whose personal story of his spiritual conversion was very compelling. This is a man, some of you may have heard of, a man named Nicky Cruz. And uh, when Nicky Cruz was a young man, he was the leader of a notorious street gang in Brooklyn, a very violent man, criminal past. He came to Christ and his life was radically changed, just a complete transformation. And that's, that's generally what we look for in a good conversion story, right? When, whenever uh, the outward changes in a person's life are dramatic when they come to faith, the, the, the story of their conversion, it fascinates us. So throughout Christian history, some of the more uh, famous conversion stories have, have been Augustine, the, uh, the pagan philosopher who became a great theologian, Francis of Assisi, the spoiled little rich kid who came to Christ and then gave away all his wealth to, to help the poor, John Newton, the slave trader who became an abolitionist, Dorothy Day, the kind of uh, bohemian anarchist who became a devout follower of Jesus and someone who served others' needs. So whenever, whenever that happens, whenever, um, whenever someone who is notoriously bad becomes noticeably good when they come to faith. Um, the, the, the story of their conversion is celebrated. Well, the person we're looking at today did not have that kind of story. The, today's passage talks about a woman named Lydia who came to faith in Christ. And at, at first glance, Lydia doesn't seem like someone who needs any kind of conversion at all. We, we meet her at a, at a prayer meeting. Verse 13 says they met her at a place of prayer. We read in verse 14 that she was a worshiper of God. We learn that she was a dealer in purple cloth. And uh, purple cloth was a very expensive commodity. It was kind of a high-end good. So this, this kind of means that Lydia was probably a very successful businesswoman, probably someone who was hardworking and, and highly disciplined, someone that people trusted her respected by her peers. So um, you, you probably know people like Lydia. Lydia was not a Christian, but she was principled, 
She was ethical. She was conscientious. She was spiritually minded. And so the question I want to explore today is, do people like Lydia need Jesus? I mean, uh, Lydia, Lydia already had her life together, more together than many of us, before she ever even heard of Jesus. So what do people like Lydia need? Well, in today's passage, we learned that despite all her many admirable qualities, Lydia, Lydia needed the same two things that everyone needs. She needed a, a message, and see, she needed a miracle. So first, she needed, Lydia needed to hear a message. To, for, her to, for Lydia to be restored to a right relationship with God, Lydia needed to hear the gospel. Now, the passage um, that Cam just read for us at the beginning, it starts with Paul and his, the Apostle Paul and his ministry team. They were in a place called Troas, which it, today would be modern-day Turkey. And one night, Paul has a vision in which he sees a man from Macedonia. Macedonia was a region of Greece on the other side of the Aegean Sea. He sees in his vision this man from Macedonia, and this man is pleading with Paul and his colleagues, won't you please come to Macedonia and help us? So the next morning, Paul, I guess, wakes up. He tells his, his friends about this vision, and verse 10 says, we got ready at once. Notice, we got ready, they said, right away to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So as soon as they heard about this vision, Paul's friends said, we need to leave right now. We need to hurry. We need, we need to go as quickly as we can to Macedonia because God is telling us that the people there desperately need the gospel. Now let me ask you a question. When you hear of someone who desperately needs the gospel, what kind of person comes to mind? Maybe Maybe you think of someone who is uh, controlled by an addiction or someone whose, whose relationships are all a mess. May, maybe you think of someone who's dabbling in the occult or someone who's, who's involved in a life of crime. When, when you hear of someone who needs the gospel, maybe you think of an atheist. Maybe you think of a porn star. Maybe you think of a, of a, of a wife beater or a home wrecker. But you, Probably what we think of when we hear of someone who needs the gospel so desperately that God would actually send a vision to call people to them. We think of someone whose life is an absolute mess, right? And isn't it, isn't it strange that, that when God calls them to Macedonia because the people there need the gospel, the first person they meet is, is this decent, noble, morally principled woman named Lydia. And so I think one thing we learn from this passage is, listen, good people need the gospel just as much as anyone else. They, good people need the gospel. Now, now, how can that be? Well, to understand that, you need to know what the gospel, the good news about Jesus is. Listen, the gospel is not a, a, a set of instructions that's designed to help people fix their life. If, if, that's, if that's what the gospel is, listen, I have non-Christian neighbors, non-Christian friends who don't need the gospel at all. Their, li their lives need less fixing than mine does, all right? The gospel is not a set of instructions to help people fix their lives. The gospel is a free offer of forgiveness. 
and acceptance and life that, it, that is offered to people who fall short of God's standards. And guess what? We all fall short of God's standards. All of us. No matter how thoughtful or, or conscientious or, or ethical a, a, a person might be. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So what does it mean? What does that mean, all have sinned? What does it mean to sin? Well, to sin means to fail to live in line with the plans that God has revealed, his design for a human life. In other words, you could say it's, it's to fail to live in line with God's commandments. Maybe you know some of the commandments of God. For example, in the Ten Commandments, the very, the very first one is God says we should never, ever, ever let anything at all become more important to us in life than God is. That's the first commandment. We've all done that. We've all sinned in that way. And another of the commandments says that disobeying or dishonoring our parents is a sin in God's eyes. We've all done that. It's probably the first sin I ever committed as a child. One of the commandments says that if we speak the name of God in a thoughtless way, in an irreverent way, it's a very serious sin. We've all done that. Another commandment, you know, says that we should not lie. We should never deceive people. We've all done that. So th th the point is that even relatively good people like Lydia, people who kind of have their act together and, they're, and, 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 and you know, they're, they seem to be very spiritually minded people, even people like that fall short of God's standards and therefore face God's judgment. So even good people need to hear the gospel. They need to hear, they need to hear that, in, listen, in spite of our sin, God still loves us. Would you agree that's good news? In fact, God loves us so much that in the person of his son, God himself came into this world, went to the cross. To, why? To, to take the punishment that our sins deserve. So if only we will just trust in Jesus, if we'll trust him, we will be, listen, we will be forgiven. We will be accepted. We'll be included in God's kingdom. We'll be, we'll be welcomed into God's family. That's the message of the gospel. It's, it's, not a, it's not a bunch of rules to help you fix your life. There's some people, listen, they don't need a lot of fixing, all right? It's a message of rescue. It's a message of life. It's a free gift to be restored to God. And, and, and that's the message Lydia needed to hear. Actually, that's the message everyone needs to hear. Romans chapter 10 says this. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Without exception, everyone. But then it asks some questions. It says, how, how can they call on someone they don't believe in? And how can people believe in someone they've never heard of? And how can people hear of someone if no one ever tells them? So what did this noble woman, Lydia, need? First, she needed a message. S secondly, she needed a miracle. Let me, let me explain. The Bible, the Bible tells us that even though everyone in the world is offered this free gift of life in Jesus Christ, this offer is made to everyone. E even though that's the case, the Bible says there's something inside every one of us that just keeps us from reaching out 
in receiving that gift. There's, it's like there, there's a sense in which our hearts are closed to God. It's like we're blind. We can't, we can't see his goodness. There, there's something dead inside our souls that makes us unresponsive to the offer of God. And so here's, here's what the Bible says. Unless and until God graciously sends his Holy Spirit and just opens up our hearts and frees us from, from, our, from our deadness, we, even though God's gift is offered to us, we'll never reach out and take it. Here's the way that's expressed. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. Now, very often, the people who have the hardest time responding to the gospel, receiving this offer of life in Christ, People who have the hardest time doing that are people just like Lydia, good people. I mean, listen, if, if, you're not, if your life is a mess, okay, you know you need help. You know you need a savior. But if, if, if at least outwardly everything is, is working out, your family is fine, your job is fine, people respect you, often you might just conclude, I don't, I don't need that, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't need a savior. Here's a Here's a letter that uh, years ago someone wrote to the evangelist, uh, Billy Graham. And this person wrote to Billy Graham and said this, My aunt keeps telling me that Jesus died for my sins, but to be honest, I don't feel like I'm such a terrible sinner. I've always tried to live a good life and be helpful to others. Isn't that really what God expects of us? And here's part of the answer that Reverend Graham wrote back to this person. He wrote, It may shock you to discover that some of Jesus' strongest words were directed at people who, were, who outwardly were very good, especially when compared with their neighbors, and yet they felt they had no real need for God. What was their problem, he writes? Why did they fail to see that they needed to repent of their sins and submit their lives to God? He said the real reason can be put in one word, pride. They felt they had no need for God to forgive them, and they were convinced that they were better than everyone else. Now, in this story, Lydia, it would have been so easy, so easy for Lydia to have fallen into that trap. Can you imagine? She's at this prayer meeting. She's, she's with this group of devout women worshiping God. The, these strangers show up and talk to her about a Savior. It would have been so easy for her to say, oh, I'm glad you came. I'm so glad you came to our city, Philippi. We have people in this city who need to hear that message. We've got people here who need a Savior but not me. I'm not one of them. Go, go share it with someone else. It would have been so easy for her to do that, right? In fact, if you've read the Gospels, you know that during the ministry of Christ, most of the people who rejected Jesus were whom? Were the, the upright, the moral, the righteous people. They, 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 Jesus, go talk to the sinners. They're the one who need you, not me. So what did Lydia need? She... She needed a miracle. She needed God through the Holy Spirit to reveal to her that even she needed a Savior. She needed Christ. And we read here that that's exactly what happened. Verse 14 says, One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. And it says, The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. The Lord opened her heart. Her, her heart had been closed. 
And the Lord opened it. Now, Lydia responded, all right? That, that's important to notice. It's not, it's not like God, you know, somehow forced her to become a Christian apart from her will. But, but it's the Lord who kind of set her will free, set her desires free so that she could freely respond to Christ. That, that opening of her heart, that was a miracle that God did for her. If God had not done that for Lydia, we would not be talking about her today, right? If, God, if the Holy Spirit had not worked in her life that way, she, she would have been like the many, many good religious people who rejected Christ during his life. Or she might be like many millions of people in churches today, just hearing the message but not, not thinking it's for them. That's what would have happened to her. She needed a miracle. Now, if you read on in Acts chapter 16, Acts 16 is very interesting. In Acts chapter 16, we, we actually read three conversion stories, three people who are converted in Paul's ministry in Philippi. One is Lydia, and, and then the next one is a demon-possessed fortune teller. And then after her, the third, the third one converted is a violent Roman dungeon master. All right? So let's imagine that you're planning a retreat for the youth group, like JC is doing right now. They're going to have a summer retreat. And you have the chance to invite one of these three people to come share their testimony to the teens. Who would you pick? Not Lydia. How boring is that? You'd want the fortune teller. You want the dungeon master, right? Somebody, somebody who, who was miraculously saved by Christ. Listen, Lydia's miracle was no less than theirs. It, perhaps it was even greater. It's harder for people who have their act together to see that they know they need Christ. So I wonder if some of you are like Lydia or like me. Maybe, maybe you're like me. You grew up in a Christian home. You've been in church your whole life. I can't even remember the first time I heard about Jesus. I've just always known about him. Maybe that's like you. And somewhere along the line, growing up in church, you're not even sure when it happened. But you started to love Jesus. Somehow the, the message of the gospel just started to become real to you. You really love him. You really trust him. Listen, do you know that God did a miracle in you? That God did a miracle in your heart that you trust Christ. You know, you know there, are, there are thousands and thousands of people who grew up in Christian homes who are not in the church anymore. You could have been one of those statistics. And there are thousands of people in churches who, who, who know the message, but it's not real to them. God did that for you. And it might be that someone is here and God is doing that miracle for you today. You're not a bad person. You're better than most. You're probably better than the guy preaching to you right now. But you've never yet realized you, yeah, you, you need a Savior. He's offered to you. You've not yet responded. And maybe today God is opening your heart to see the gospel's for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, for, thank you for putting the story of Lydia among all the great conversion stories in the Bible. Thank you for including hers to, to show us that even those who are really moral and decent people need Christ as much as anyone and that your Holy Spirit comes to them as well. So may those who have come to trust Jesus, may all of us, regardless of our story, may we rejoice. We are objects of grace. 
And may those who are perhaps hearing the call of Christ today respond with faith and trust him. In his name we pray.